My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning. Welcome to Our Sunday School. My name is Jim Fleming, and this is week one of our scheduled seven weeks in seven in Second Thessalonians. Uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn over to Second Thessalonians. It's in the New Testament, uh, right after the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians uh, section of Paul's epistles. So, if you want to flip over there, and we'll uh, take a look at answering the question, "What is Second Thessalonians about?" Uh, and I found the best way to answer this question is to actually read 2 Thessalonians. So while you're flipping in your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians, let me give you a quick mea culpa. Uh, I, we have had a, uh, a shockingly long series of successful podcast recordings in Sunday School, and that is due exclusively to Dave Barber's efforts in recording and setup and double-checking and making sure things work well. And this Sunday morning, he was out and left me step-by-step instructions and directions, and we tested and everything worked fine. And uh, when it got time to record the lesson, I left off the critical step of actually clicking the record button. So I'm recording this on Thursday morning, February 15th, in hopes of continuing our streak, because that's a helpful thing to have. So let's read uh, 2 Thessalonians and uh, see if we can answer the question, what is 2 Thessalonians about? Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer since it's a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints, and to be admired among all those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, brethren, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be too soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, that son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. 
For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of lawless one is according to the work of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, and that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel, for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. Finally, brethren, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly, and not according to the tradition he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. For we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For every for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now, those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is assigned in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now something you probably heard, especially if you followed us since the uh, last series we did in Obadiah, was that the tone of 2 Thessalonians is significantly different than the tone of Obadiah. Obadiah is about judgment. 2 Thessalonians is about hope and encouragement, as well as there will be a reckoning. So, so we step back and we look and we think, what is 2 Thessalonians about? Well, there's obviously an initial greeting. There's encouragement, followed by teaching around future judgment and specific descriptions of those who will oppose God and how God will respond to those that oppose him. There's encouragement to stand fast. There's a request for prayer, a very tactical, practical uh, request that Paul makes here. He wants these folks to be connected with him in ministry, and he's asking for prayer. And then he challenges them to work, because there are some that are not working. Probably one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture 
right here in Second Thessalonians 3, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And then he finishes with this beautiful blessing and prayer for the, Thess- second, for the Thessalonians. Now, if you want to follow along with us uh, in uh, the notes for this particular class, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com and click on the Read tab, and there'll be various links there for you to click on to see the teacher notes and or the student handout, and I would encourage you to get one of those uh, as you listen along. So, real basic question to start. Who wrote 2 Thessalonians? And if you were paying attention, or even if you really weren't paying attention, it's probably pretty easy to answer this question. Paul states in 2 Thessalonians 1.1, and then in 3.17, that he wrote 2 Thessalonians. So Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians. Now you may have a question, and this question came up in Sunday school Sunday morning, because there's three names mentioned in verse 1, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. And this was a standard practice in first century letters to, to mention those people that were with you, that were encouraging to you. Uh, from the physical location that you were at. But the first name would have been the author of the letter, and the others would have just been those that were with him. So if you, if you have the PowerPoint, uh, if you look at slide four, you know, where was the church of the Thessalonians? Well, it's, it's in Greece. It's in Thessalonica. And if you, if you zoom in a little bit there on slide five, you'll see uh, Thessalonica still exists today. This is a shot from Google Maps. Uh, and Thessalonica is actually the second largest city in Greece today. It's over a million people live there. So when we talk about the, the accuracy of the Bible, um, obviously the Scripture is written in this first century context, but some of the places that are mentioned in Scripture still exist today, and Thessalonica, uh, Thessalonica is one of those places. So next question you may have is, you know, when did Paul visit Thessalonica? So this is very uh, easily answered if you go to the book of the maps in the back of your Bible, and uh, you'll find a map that looks something like uh, slide six in the PowerPoint, and it's Paul's missionary journeys. And if you, you've probably got just tons and tons and tons of arrows on this. So if you look at Paul's first missionary journey, uh, you know, he starts out and he's very much on the east side of the, the northeast side of the Mediterranean Sea. And then his second and third missionary journeys loop all the way around to uh, Berea and Thessalonica. So Paul hits uh, Thessalonica on his second missionary journey and on his third missionary journey. And if you know anything about timelines, uh, that would have been in the 50s. So early, mid-50s uh, were his second and third missionary journey. Now, I want to answer a question that, that sometimes significantly matters for the interpretation of a book and sometimes doesn't matter as much for the interpretation of a book. But I will tell you that this is an, a very simple question that you can ask of any resources that you're looking at to study Second Thessalonians. And it's very simply, when was Second Thessalonians written? So if you if you're following along in the PowerPoint, then uh, slide seven is the uh, slide from uh, Inkport.com from Miranda Fenneberger. Uh, and this is a, her view of the composition of the New Testament books. And if you look at when Second Thessalonians and First Timothy and Titus and First, Second, Third John were written, according to this timeline, it's around 100 A.D. And the only problem with that is that Paul was dead by then. Uh, we think he uh, died several decades before that. Uh, we have no biblical evidence whatsoever that he would have lived that long. Uh, and if Paul visited them in his second and third missionary journeys, what we would expect to see is that these letters would have been written about the same time as First Thessalonians, which is even on that same timeline in the mid-50s. So, so just keep that in the back of your head. And then look at slide eight, which is the New Testament books in chronological order. This is from deeperchristian.com. Uh, it doesn't make it any more spiritual. It's just a more spiritual sounding name. But they have Quite a few interesting resources there. Nathan Johnson's done a great job assembling and uh, 
uh, polishing some of these. But if you look at this timeline, he's got Second Thessalonians in the early 50s, kind of what we were talking about just before. So there are some questions, there's very basic questions that you can generally ask, much like we saw in Obadiah, about timelines that will tell you the theological bent of the people creating resources. And the theological bent of the people creating resources on inkport.com there is that Paul didn't write Second Thessalonians. And my only real problem with that is that the Bible said he did. So if the Bible said he did, he did. And that's that. And putting a timeline of Second Thessalonians at 100 AD is a huge sign to the listener and to the reader and the consumer of these materials saying, I don't believe what the Bible says. Now, the, the theological approach that they're making here is that someone who was familiar with Paul's writings took Paul's teachings in 1 Thessalonians, Galatians, Philippians, 1 2 Corinthians, and Romans, and then added to them a few decades later in the style that Paul would have written, and he would have agreed with these. And the challenge with this is that's not how the Bible was put together. The Bible was written by those that it was claimed to be written by, and we have uh, thousands and thousands of examples of evidence of this. So when you see a resource that puts Second Thessalonians at AD 100, you can just pretty much quickly understand that that particular author does not believe that the Bible is literally true. So something just to be aware of. So if we talk about our schedule real quick, we're going to cover two verses today, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2, the introduction in these two verses, and then we'll uh, cover the next uh, two and a half chapters over the next six weeks, Lord willing. So I want, to, I want to talk about verses 1 and 2 today. And if we think about any literary or structural observations, obviously 2 Thessalonians is a letter. It follows a relatively standard letter format for the New Testament. There's a greeting. There's some combination of commendation and warning and challenge. And some of those are to go back and repeat several times. And then there's a benediction at the end. So pretty straightforward. Uh, it's a little bit of repetition in the first two verses, and we'll talk about that as we go through. But if you want to ask the question, what do the words mean? Uh, an interlinear is one of the best ways to do this. It's a very easy way. Uh, I've got two listed in the notes, studylight.org slash ISB and then blb.org. And studylight is S-T-U-D-Y-L-I-G-H-T dot O-R-G forward slash I-S-B. So that's one option. And then the simpler option for a mobile user, if you've got a mobile phone out, is blb.org. And an interlinear is just a different view of the text with uh, one language on top of the other. Sometimes English is on top, sometimes the Greek or Hebrew is on top. But it gives you a, a method to go through and online click on a word and see exactly what the individual words mean. So if you go to, on your mobile device, blb.org. What you'll see is a uh, pop-up screen, and there's a search box at the top. And just type in second Thess. You don't have to type Thessalonians. T-H-E-S-S is enough. Uh, and then one, second Thessalonians one. You can type the verse numbers if you want, but this particular website is just going to take you to the chapter no matter what verse numbers you type. So if you uh, are looking at your phone, you should see a, a little bit of header information and then toward the bottom of the screen, 2 Thessalonians 1.1, Paul and Savannah and Timothy. We'll click on the Tools button right there next to that verse. And what you'll see is the Greek. Underneath there is the Texas Receptus. That's one of the Greek versions. And then you scroll down a little bit further, 
and it's let's say the table below displays the text and then you can start clicking on words so Paul uh, you can click on the Strong's 3972 and you can see where Paul is mentioned in the Bible and what that name means it means little uh, it's somebody that we've studied greatly in the, uh, our class so we won't really spend too much time on him but the next name is Sylvanus and you may, you may not know Sylvanus so let's click on Sylvanus let's click on the G4610 and uh, you click on the show Strong's info on the next slide uh, it's just a, a, a Christian, and if you show the concordance results, that'll show you where he lists where he is listed in the New Testament. So, first time he shows up is Second Corinthians one nineteen. So this is written by Paul, a letter to the Corinthians. It says for the Son of God Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Sylvanus and Timotheus. So, Paul here is saying that uh, Sylvanus is a preacher of the gospel. So if Paul's still saying that he's a preacher of the gospel, he's a preacher of the gospel, this is good to know. He's also mentioned in 1 Thessalonians 1.1. So he was also with uh, Paul. He and Timothy both were with Paul when 1 Thessalonians was written. This is one of the reasons we think 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians were written very similarly, uh, time period, very similar time periods, because it's the same three people together. And we know Paul moved around a lot with a lot of different people, so the exact same people together at the same time. It would be a good indication that these two letters are written near the same time. So 1 Thessalonians 1.1. 2 Thessalonians 1 1, and then 1 Peter 5 12, the last time he's mentioned. And 1 Peter is written by Apostle Peter, and it says, By Sylvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God where you stand. So Peter calls him a faithful brother here. And if you think about the book of Acts, and the book of Acts, you know, the first uh, 10, 11, 12 chapters are all about Peter, and the last. Uh, 16, 17 chapters, 18 chapters are all about Paul. So you've got Peter testifying that he's a faithful man, faithful man Paul testifying that he's a preacher and that he was a good supporter, he was near to him. Uh, that's pretty high commendation for this man that that is all we know about him. And I'll, I'll pause here to say that in our Sunday school lesson on Sunday morning, uh, I was having significant back trouble. I've uh, herniated disc in my back and I was scheduled the next day to go for a bilateral epidural to relieve some back pain. And today the back pain is much, much better. But Sunday morning I was struggling. And uh, one more thing that Dave Barber does that helps me tremendously when I teach is he sets up all the PowerPoint. And he plugs in the clicker and makes sure that I have the clicker with me at the podium so that I can speak and roam around and talk and walk and uh, progress the PowerPoint. And I had forgotten that. And we had a, a faithful brother in our class, Justin Harness, that saw that I was struggling. Uh, and it, uh, got me a stool to sit on, so I was grateful for that, as well as hopped up and was at the back of the class for the majority of the classroom pro progressing my slides so that I didn't have to do that. And it struck me in the middle of Sunday school while I was teaching on Sylvanus that I had a Sylvanus in my class, uh, and that's Justin. And he was around and supported and encouraged and helped. And if you think about the Apostle Paul, he had many physical ailments. He, was, uh, he had a hard life. Uh, he was persecuted uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ and was physically and emotionally assaulted over and over and over. And these men like Sylvanus and Timothy were around and helped and uh, encouraged and assisted him in the physical needs of his missionary journeys. So don't skip over these names. These are real people that we will meet in heaven one day. And uh, I can't wait to meet Sylvanus and and thank him for the work that he did to encourage and assist the Apostle Paul. So as we saw, uh, if you want to click the back button on your uh, 
browser on your phone. Uh, it'll take you back to chapter one uh, of Second Thessalonians. So you can scroll down through, you can click on Timothy, see where he shows up unto the church. You see the Greek word there is ekklesia, uh, the Thessalonians. Thessalonians, uh, in Theos, in God, our Father, our Potter, uh, and the Lord, the Kyrios, Jesus uh, Christos, so the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a phrase we'll see a lot in Second Thessalonians. As so we go to verse 2, you click on the tools next to verse 2, and we see grace. This is charis. We talked about charis quite a bit as we've gone through other books. Uh, unto you and peace, Irene. Unto you, Irene. And uh, so these are real basic fundamental concepts in the New Testament, grace and peace from Theos, our potter, and the Kyrios Jesus Christos from the Lord Jesus Christ. So very straightforward, simple Greek words. Uh, I asked the question Sunday morning. There's something that's missing in verses 1 and 2. Something that we talk about in almost every single Sunday school lesson in my class, and that is verb tenses. Uh, and there's no verb tenses in verses 1 and 2 because there are no verbs in verses 1 and 2. So Paul is, Paul is a brilliant enough writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit here, to exalt and encourage the uh, Lord Jesus Christ, to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and encourage the Thessalonians without using any verbs, which I think is just incredible artistic and literary skill. So uh, those are what the words mean. So we look at our English translation and we say, yes, this is good. We have a good, helpful translation here. Probably no more commentary needed on the actual words themselves. Uh, we'll see these words come up over and over and over again. Uh, but if you look for repeated words or phrases, the phrase God our Father shows up twice here in these two verses and in the phrase the Lord Jesus Christ. So the full weight and authority of Christ's title uh, comes to bear here that Paul brings in these first two verses. So you, you might look at these first two verses and go, Jim, what are you, what are you going to do here with the application and the personalization? Well, I'm going to be really, really basic, really simple. What's the point? Well, application number one, I would say, is Paul wrote Second Thessalonians. It, it's, it's stated in the text. It's very clear. And Paul wrote Second Thessalonians. And when you have those that challenge these clear statements in Scripture, uh, what, what we come to is they're revealing their desire to deny the truth of the Bible. So what do we want to do with that? What do we want to do with the fact that Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians? Well, we want to believe the Bible. If the Bible says it, we're going to believe it. These are God's words documented for us by God. So not only did he speak these words through these that wrote the scriptures, he spoke specific words for us, for the Holy Spirit to use now thousands of years later to draw us to adore and worship him. So we should adore and worship the Lord because Paul wrote Second Thessalonians and his words are true. So we can rest assured that we can believe the Bible. So point number two, there was a church in Thessalonica, which is fantastic. And I've got some good news for you. If you Google Bible churches in Thessalonica today, you'll find several Bible churches in Thessalonica. So some cities in the world have a Bible history of a dozen years. 100 years. Thessalonica has a Bible-believing history of 2,000 years. It's a beautiful history. So I would say, what do we do with that? Number two, rejoice that there are multiple churches there today. Praise God that the word that was shared by Paul to the churches in Thessalonica is still going strong. It is beautiful. It is a wonderful thing. And then what's the point number three? Uh, God wanted grace and peace for the Thessalonians through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the word that we've seen over and over and over again. We especially saw it in Romans. 
that word dia, D-I-A, through. It's the it's got to go straight. Go through the circle. It's the Greek word that's the prefix for diameter. It goes through the circle. The only way you get grace and peace is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see this over and over in our society today that people are taking all sorts of different approaches to try to find grace, to try to find peace, and it's not going to happen without going directly through the Lord Jesus Christ. So if God and Paul wanted grace and peace for these Thessalonians, I think we can know today that God wants grace and peace for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is a thing that we'll see as we go through 2 Thessalonians is the criticality of the Lord Jesus Christ to both future uh, prophecy as well as to uh, current uh, implementation and actions that the Thessalonians needed to take 2,000 years ago. So hope that was helpful. I got a couple of homework items there at the bottom. So as you go through and prepare for next week's lesson, we want to ask the Holy Spirit for help. We want to read next week's text, 2 Thessalonians 1, 3 through 12, several times in several different ways. So read it verbally, read it uh, off of a page, uh, find an audio Bible, have somebody else read it to you, listen to somebody read it. These are all fantastic ways to hear God's Word. Uh, and I would encourage you to talk to somebody about the text. Uh, you can go to uh, fb.com slash Our Sunday School. Uh, and you can uh, dialogue with other believers in Christ who are talking about Second Thessalonians. And then share any insights or questions. Uh, I'd love to hear those so that we can work those into next week's lesson. And then our last homework item is to invite a member or a non-member. Now, you've got an extra credit homework item there, and that is to go to Google and type in the Bible Project and then type in Second Thessalonians. They've got a great little video on Second Thessalonians. It's very helpful. Uh, it's not inspired, obviously, but it's a very helpful tool. And what you may find yourself is getting sucked into watching a few dozen of them because they are really, really wonderful little tools. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can go to OurSundaySchool.com, click on the subscribe button and follow the directions there. And uh, with that, that's our Sunday School lesson for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.